from Stone Mountain, Georgia, this is The Bryant Land Show. Hosted by proud Gamecock and South Carolinian AB3. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of The Bryant Land Show. Thank you for taking the time to make the download, to come in and consume the audio that we are bringing forth to you today. Really appreciate that. I do have a guest, and before I get in to my guest, I feel the need based on a couple of messages and things that I've seen to uh, clear up some things for folks that are listening to our podcast. If you have been following my podcast since the beginning, episode one, back when we were the Bryantland Country Podcast, I made it very clear that this will not be a place that will get into a whole lot of politics, that will not be spewing the conservative BS, uh, for lack of a better term, that seems to be rampant in the hunting community. Who you choose to uh, vote for, who you choose to follow, support, all of that crap is up to you. I wanted and this po- I wanted this podcast and it con- it will still continue to be a refuge, a place to get away from all of that, but there has been some concern from some of my listeners, which we appreciate you all reaching out. We always appreciate that. You know, do I have anything or what am I going to say or what am I going to use this quote unquote platform for as the uh, as far as like dealing with George Floyd and, you know, the killing of unarmed black men by the police and the protests and things of that nature. Well, first of all, the way that we record, a lot of times we are a week behind things as they happen. So that's number one. Number two, quite frankly, there's not a whole lot that I can say that can add anything to what's already being said. First and foremost, I am a black man. Of course, this stuff affects me. But unfortunately, when you see the same kind of crap over and over again, you do get a little bit numb as far as like the emotions and all of that stuff. Because at this point now, you just want to see if justice is going to be served or how they're going to get away with murdering this man and there not be any justice, okay? Like, I don't have to come out here and shout and yell and scream. I tend to give people the benefit of the doubt, right or wrongly, and I like to think that most people are smart enough. A lot of people are proving me that they aren't that smart day after day on social media. You know, I see people posting things like the George Floyd Challenge, and you got folks putting their neck 
their knee in people's necks on social media and thinking that shit's funny. Or you got, you know, people, I've even seen one person put that, well, what if he's not really dead? Or if he can still speak, then he could breathe. You know, what I will say is if you're going to say stupid stuff like that, keep it to yourself. If you're a person that thinks the media, air quotes, is a conspiracy and they're drumming up all this racial stuff, keep it to yourself. If you think that all these protests beforehand and the kneeling and all of that was about, quote-unquote, the flag, if this right here doesn't show you that it was never about that, then I don't know what will. It's not my place to come here week in and week out and try to get you to understand. Because at this point, if you don't understand, then you really just don't want to. So that's how I feel about that. That's all I got to say about that. Like I said, this podcast will continue to be a place where we come in and we celebrate being the outdoors, I'm going to bring you great stories, bring you interesting guests, but for something that clearly is gripping our country, I guess my my final thought is it's like, where have y'all been in your lifetime? Because if you can't see how this BS is happening, then you just really don't want to. As for my guest this week, Isma Talley, I had the pleasure of this young woman getting on my radar. I had the pleasure of talking to her, and she actually got on my radar because of her love of duck hunting and the adventures that she's had the last few years going out duck hunting. So she was somebody that I wanted to talk to that I thought would be very interesting for you guys to listen to she loves college football big Alabama fan so we get in to a little bit of our college football fandom of course with me being a big South Carolina Gamecock fan and her being an Alabama fan we'll get into that a little bit but mostly like I said what drew me to her was you got this woman out here that is sharing her love her passion for duck hunting and you can see it through her various instagram pages so you guys fall back i'm going to go ahead and move out of the way and let you guys listen to my interview with isma tally here on the bryantland show bryantland after much back and forth rigmarole <laughs> and who's never <laughs> i have Isma Tele. Tele up, roll damn tide, all of that on the line <laughs> with me. Welcome to the Brightland Show. Finally, Miss Ma'am, how are you this evening? Man, I'm all right. How you doing? I can't complain. I am sitting here, got a little bit of wrestling on in the background, and getting ready to... Uh, grill and pick the brain of a young lady that I have been actually keeping up with for a couple of years now. 
what? Yeah. You, I don't know if you remember. I think it was, it wasn't last year. It was, I think it was year before last now. I did a online video. I did a series of online videos called Waterfowl Warriors. And I would go through and look at people's videos. It's kind of like the concept was like America's Funniest Home Videos, except they really weren't funny. They were just like really cool videos from like duck hunting, um, goose hunting, whatever. And Uh pictures and videos. And, you know, I'm thumbing through it. And then I see one of your pictures, and you had a strap full. I want to say it was mallards. I can't remember exactly where you were at, but you, like, you had got it in. And I was like, and obviously, when you see a black woman that's duck hunting, it's hard. It, if you're not paying attention, you don't really see as many black people duck hunting as you would think. Like, once you start paying attention, you're like, oh, wow, okay, like, this is really not that big of a deal. But then when I was putting those videos together and I came across your profile uh-huh. and I came across like your pictures and stuff, I was like, oh snap, this black chick out here duck hunting, getting it in. And so you were in one of them. I actually tagged you and you was just like, oh snap, appreciate it. But like I said, you probably don't remember none of that. But you've been on my radar since then. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. It's probably many beers ago, unfortunately. Yeah, but. that's what I said. I think it was year before last I did it. But either way, like I said, I, I and I saw your pictures like in different hunting groups and different waterfowl groups, and it was just like every time I turned around, it was like this dope black chick that's out here killing all these limits and killing these birds, and it was just like dang. So when I started the podcast. You were one of the people that was on my list of like, hey, I got to talk to this chick and just find out more about her because I think it'll be pretty cool. So here you are. <laughs> yeah, finally. I finally <laughs> gathered enough courage to get out up on here. Oh, man, it'll take no courage. This is going to be this is gonna be nice and easy. Just almost like cracking open a beer and sitting back and uh, watching that replay of that South Carolina game with Stephen Garcia and Alshon Jeffrey when they beat Alabama on that fateful day in Columbia. You know, see, I don't think I remember that. <laughs> I just wanted to go ahead and get that in right quick because there's really not a whole lot of other shots that I can take at Alabama, uh, especially when it comes to football. So I just wanted to go ahead and uh, get that out of the way. That was a great day in uh, Gamecock football history. <laughs> I heard about it. I'm, I heard. I got a bunch of friends from South Carolina. They didn't let me live it down. Man, I was in a bar. I was in a Gamecock bar in Atlanta for that game. And it's one of those things. If you've been – see, you don't know about this. You can't relate to this. But if you've been a Carolina fan, a true Carolina Gamecock fan, you, do, you don't get your hopes up. You kind of just like – it's every year. It's like, okay, no – O and O starting off fresh, and then that season with the Bama game, it was just kind of like, okay, we got a good team. Like we had been rolling for a couple of years. Spurrier's been in there. It's like we couldn't quite get over the hump as far as like winning the conference. But you know, for for what we was doing, you know, we was knocking down you know ten, eleven win seasons, which you know for for us that's that's a big thing. 
So when y'all come rolling in there, and they had all the excuses built in for that game. I remember that. They had all the excuses built oh, in. It was just like, oh, you know, the game is at home. It's 3.30 in Columbia, and it's going to be <laughs> hot. And Alabama hadn't had an off uh, a bye week, and they playing the toughest schedule in the nation for the 12th year in a row. Like, whatever it was. Like, they had all the excuses, like, built in before the game. And it was like Julio Jones is like the man and all this other stuff. And then Steven Garcia, God love him, played the best game of his life ever at South Carolina. Alshon Jeffrey did what Alshon Jeffrey did all through his career at Carolina. And it was just a great game. But I remember that. Like I was sitting in a bar here in Atlanta, and I think it was really about the third quarter that I was like, are we really going to do this? Like, is this really happening? And then, like, after it happened, you know, like I said, all the excuses was built in. And, and, you know, Alabama fans, they do what everybody else does when, you know, they lose a game like that, especially to us. It's just like, oh, well, you know, you guys should have won and we're still going to play for the national championship. Just totally poo-poo to win. (laughs) Like, don't give you no credit at all. About worse is Georgia and Clemson fans. But – I digress. I didn't call. I I didn't want to get you on to drag you down the one game in South Carolina history where we actually beat Alabama, like the most notable game we beat Alabama. That is not why I called you, just so you know. That's what it seems like right now. We're talking about football. (laughs) The one game that y'all won. Against Alabama, just just let, let let's be clear. See, don't I even, don't. I haven't had faith in y'all last year that y'all could have y'all could have beat Clemson, but y'all you blew it. So Clemson well, looked like they were great last year. But. I mean, they were they. You know, they. It's hard to give them full credit. Like I mean, because they're our rival, and if you have a true rival. You know, cheer, like, there are some people that are like, oh, because they're a school from South Carolina, like, we're supposed to cheer for them all the other times except for when we, when we play them. Oh, no, that's the I think that's the dumbest thing ever. Like, right. Yeah. Like, are you cheering for Auburn at all? No. Ever. No, never. never. Yeah, so. Maybe when they played LSU because I needed them to beat LSU, but then we've seen how that turned out. But that even that, that, that that's painful. Like, you can't. You can't do that. It was dreadful. Yeah. So, but anyway, I can keep going about football. Obviously, you're a big football fan, big Alabama girl. Now, did you grow up in Alabama, went to school there and all that other stuff? Or you, are you just well, from Alabama? Or what, what's, what's your background? Uh, my mama, she's from Alabama. Um, and my daddy is from Derrida, Louisiana. So, when I was a kid, for probably about three or four years, I lived in uh, Louisiana with my dad. And then I moved back to Alabama with my mom. So when I was growing up, I used to have this like really horrible accent, but I had, man, I had to take them hooked on phonics classes to fix that, you know, <laughs> barely speaking English back then. But, uh, but so I, I pretty much was raised the rest of my life pretty much in Alabama. And that is basically if you're raised there, I mean, I know it's either Bama or Auburn, but. Sounds like yeah, you, you, you kind of got to choose right. when you're when you're born. You, you come out and they're like Bama or Auburn, like crimson or blue, and I'm just, you know so you right. choose. Right, right. So all right, growing up in Alabama, 
how early were you exposed to duck hunting? Like, did did you start like early, or what, did you come to it later, or how how were you exposed to that? So my hunting experience is kind of crazy. So uh, I started hunting with my daddy when I like he was I was like four or something. My dad would go kill deers, and I'd help him skin them and stuff. And I was a little baby. And then you know, of course, I joined the military right out of high school, so I kind of didn't hunt that much. What uh, in, what branch? I was in the army. Nice, nice. Yeah, the best branch. So you know, we <laughs> my, lead the way. My my dad was a was a MP in Korea, so I I, I understand the, okay. the that whole army thing. I I did not choose that path, but definitely uh-huh. much uh, respect and salute to to you and those that who have. So so you went to went to the army, didn't get a chance to hunt mm-hmm. much. No. Um, and then it was like, so I was, it was crazy that I was actually stationed in Kansas for like five years. And then I finally went on a deer hunt in Kansas and I found out about all the like public deer hunting land up there. In Kansas. I mean, you can kill a ginormous deer in Kansas for almost nothing, you know, on public land up there if you can find it. Uh, right. so I did that with a few friends while I was up there. And then, uh, you know, then I, I didn't start duck hunting actually till I got out of the military. I had someone contact me once to invite me out on a hunt, but I used to deer hunt a good amount. And, you know, I just, I'm not going to say that I got bored with it, but a little bit slower for me. Mm. And I, you know, I started to get to where I, I started falling asleep and stuff like that, you know, <laughs> stuff I never, I never used to do. And then <laughs> I had this, uh, this awesome guy reach out to me who runs an organization for veterans. And, um, he hit me up one day and he's like, Hey, you want to come on a free duck hunt? And I was like, I've never done that before. And he was like, come on, bring your ass down here. We'll teach you. And I went with him. And ever since then, I haven't hunted anything else since I've been duck hunting with that guy. Wow. So when you were, that, when you were deer hunting, uh, were you both gun and bow or strictly gun or what? It was strictly gun. Um, I had some people try to tell me, you know, try to bow hunt. It'll make it different. And, and so, I mean, I was pro- I was just about to try to do it when he literally contacted me about a duck hunt, and I was just so he kind of like he kind of stopped that idea. So once I started duck hunting, I haven't done anything else. I think me personally, I think it's one of the best hunts to do is duck hunting. Oh so. no, no, no doubt. The thing you know, I go back and forth. Like I definitely deer hunt uh, first, especially since this year I finally got a chance to deer hunt property here in Georgia on a regular mm-hmm. basis. So I deer hunting kind of has taken over for me, uh, especially bow hunt. Well, I only bow hunt deer, but the camaraderie and the fun that you can have on a duck or a goose hunt, um, especially, you know, you get a bunch of folks together and y'all are in the blind. I mean, like I would go <laughs> goose yeah. hunting in Illinois and it's, Till this day, it's still one of my favorite things to do. Like I look forward to goose season. Matter of fact, I actually even opened the goose season, uh, not this past year, but last year, like in Illinois, and that's in October. So that's like okay. at the height of deer season down south. And that year was actually a good year for me. I was fortunate. I killed a buck in Wisconsin, and then once I killed my buck in Wisconsin in September. It was all about like ducks, geese, and all that stuff. So the fun factor definitely there if you're in a blind and you're just yucking it up. Yes, 
Yes, it is. It's, I mean, you can eat breakfast, you know, you can talk and gossip and all that. It's just <laughs> way different, you know? And yeah. the, <laughs> it's funny that you say that about, like, the the gossip factor because it, 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 it really is. And, I mean, in a... In a pit blind with a bunch of guys or, or you know, in a blind with a bunch of guys, I don't think we actually call it gossiping, but it basically is you sitting there, you talk, hey, did you hear what happened to so-and-so? Did you hear so-and-so's wife said so-and-so and they couldn't come and blah, 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 blah. Like, it it really yeah. it really is. You get into it and you can, you can learn a lot and you can get filled in on everything under the sun and then, oh, by the way, kill a few birds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, that's that's pretty much what I've been learning. Um, that and uh, <laughs> but yeah, I got you. That's <laughs> totally what happened most of the time. And then the whole the you- the whole breakfast thing. I I've done that a few times where we've you know I've been out like um on a boat or whatever. But like, matter of fact, I was uh on the Mississippi River up in Wisconsin, and mm-hmm. uh, you know we had a good morning. And he was just sitting out there, and he had the, uh, the the griddle out and making breakfast, or the hot plate or whatever, making breakfast, and just sitting in that uh, that boat blind and just take it in, you know, the outdoors and stuff. I mean, is it, you haven't lived until you have bacon and eggs on the water, um, right? You know what I'm right. saying? Right. <laughs> like, in, a, in a in a makeshift burrito, you know, you just like using your hands to make everything. It's it's just delicious. It's the best taco i've ever had <laughs> what what would you say is your favorite favorite type of hunting when it comes to to ducks like are you more of a field like in layout blinds do you like the the um in the swamps and stuff like in the timber like what what's more your favorite or your your preferred style so being that that guy who gave me a call, his name's uh, Ben Mallon. He's a wonderful dude. I love him. I'll love him for the rest of my life. You know, um, Ben, when he first took me out, you know, it was out down on the Texas coast. So I will never, ever, you know, just like downplay hunting redheads on the coast. Cause I mm. mean, that, that's something that like people should see. I think um, I do. I love that because I mean, you know, you're trying to shoot a, a duck and they're flying like, I mean, it's, oh, it's wide open. And, I mean, you got to actually be able to shoot when you're trying to shoot ducks uh, on the coast like that. Um, and that's basically and then, that's basically open, like, full-blown open water, right? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Like, the that's blinds, the guys, the guys normally build the blinds out there themselves and stuff like that, you know, so it's all open other than that. Now, I will say timbers are fun. Like, of course, everybody knows that. Like, that's fun as shit. I, I did try a pit, a pit, uh... I don't, I don't, I don't think I like that too much. Maybe if I'm trying to just kill geese, but yeah. I, I won't say that I enjoyed it like I do the coast or like hiding in some trees somewhere, you know. And it's funny because everybody swears by the timber, and they they've just told me that you know the timber's cool. Like I've experienced it a little bit. Like I haven't experienced that true like you know, birds just breaking branches and just coming, like, just diving in, you know, just to get into that hole. I'm like, I haven't had that experience. My best experiences have been, you know, in pits and those layout blinds, like in Wisconsin or in the Midwest or whatever, where you, 
even in Arkansas, you know, when you lay down in a rice field or cornfield or whatever, and those layout blinds or lay out over a little small pond, and they're right there in your mm-hmm. face, and you shoot them. Basically, you shoot them right in your face. That's been my my best experiences, but I'm still searching to have that that timber experience that everybody keeps talking about. Well, so so there's this. I met this guy like uh, two years ago, and he hunt he hunts ducks here in East Texas, and um, we have we have public land when we go out. So there's a spot we went to one day. It's just a little short story. So we go to this little spot one day, and you know it's opening day. And first of all, I made the biggest like rookie mistake you can make. I didn't really check the weather before I go out, right? So I'm like, I'm just so excited. I'm like, fuck everything, throw everything in the truck, done, bullets, everything. You know, so I'm like, let's get in the truck. I get in the truck. And mind you, 27 degrees outside. I bring my <laughs> uninsulated waders like that. It was, I mean, it was a horrible day weather-wise, but, man, it was a great experience. We get to this hole, and uh, the guy's like, yeah, I've been seeing ducks coming here. You know, I've been watching. they all been in here, you know. So we're like, all right, all right, cool. So literally. Probably, I don't know, probably like one minute before legal light. It was, and I mean, it, it was out of nowhere, like a, like a five-man limit of mallards coming in, and they're like probably a foot and a half away from all of us, and we're just like, we're like hiding in these bushes, and they can't, because I mean, it's, the sun hasn't even came up yet, you know, so we're all just like standing there, you know, we're like, oh, shit, and they're so close, you can feel the wind off of them. And as soon as legal light hits, they fly out. I'm like, oh my god! Wow! So it's just fly away. It's just it was just one of the best experiences I've ever had. I almost pissed myself down. I was like, oh my god! Like, can we see? He's like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. He's like, there's about. I think there was about seven of us there that morning. I think, and uh, so we didn't get them, you know, because it wasn't legal. Right. So uh, that was just one of the best experiences ever. I mean, I mean, I loved it so much. I was out there, 27 degrees. Look, you don't even know how cold the water was. I'm just standing there in this water, freezing my ass off for about, we're out there for about six hours. Oh, I mean, that's just how much I love it, you know? I was going to ask you, did did that, was that enough to warm you up? Because, gee whiz, freaking. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> uninsulated waders in 27 degrees, golly. Yeah, it was, it was, it was probably the coldest, that was probably the coldest morning that whole season. Like, that's the sad part. And I'm like, and then I started wearing my insulated waders and it was always hot. I was about to say, because I thought I saw a picture where, I don't want to say it was like two days after Christmas, you killed them, but you were basically taking pictures in shorts because it was too dang hot. Yeah, yeah, that happens a lot here. Um, that was, I think that picture was probably from a hunt I did with uh, some other dudes out in East Texas as well. It was a bunch of gadwalls you got that day. Okay, yep, but, yep. Damn. But yeah, I, I know I'm gonna strip down the shorts anyway, no matter what the temperature is, because uh, can- that's just a piece of Kansas. I mean, for me living in Kansas for so long, you know, I get used to like a hoodie and shorts. <laughs> I pulled that off. People, it, it is what's crazy. You know, I was born and raised in South Carolina, and you know, mm-hmm. I've lived some everywhere. I've lived in Connecticut. I've lived in Massachusetts. Lived in Wisconsin for whatever reason. I seem to find my way to cold weather, and unless I'm hunting, I can't stand cold weather. But because I've spent so much time in those places, it can be like 52 here, you know, in Georgia. And, you know, people, they got their jackets on, they got hoodies, long pants. I can go outside in friggin' hoodie and some camo shorts. And now 
you know, people are looking at me like how I would look at people when I was a kid. Just like, Jesus, why are you out here with a hoodie and shorts? Like, are you confused? Like, it's cold, but it really, it's, it's super comfortable. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, it is. It's, it's really weird how that works out. But the, really the it's funny because this year I was supposed to, uh, well, I was trying to hunt Texas because um, mm-hmm. I had a couple of, had a couple of events that I had to work out there. So I was trying to squeeze in a hunt in Texas and I talked to a couple of guys out there and they were basically just like, it's not even worth it. Like it's hot. The birds haven't been coming in, yada, yada, yada. So I ended up, I ended up hunting in Oklahoma and that uh-huh. was probably one of the funnest duck hunts I had had in a long time. Uh, really? Yeah. This fella, uh, Marsh Mike, he goes by Marsh Mike on uh, on Instagram, and you know he sent me an invitation. He was another guy that I had found when I was doing the Waterfowl Warrior stuff, and he was just like, "Hey, if you ever, you know, in Oklahoma." And the crazy thing is, he's um, he lives in Illinois during the off season, or no, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Michigan during the off season, and then he packs up and goes to Oklahoma and guides in Oklahoma during you know the season or whatnot and he sent me a message and we were going back and forth he's like hey if you ever in oklahoma let me know i'd love to hunt with you and i was like all right cool and you know i didn't think anything about it you know for a while and then i had a an event in oklahoma this past year and i hit him up and i literally i think i drove from where i was to where we were hunting at it was probably two hours away for me so i drove <laughs> i got up it's like four in the morning, drove down there, got in the blind. And st- actually, it was earlier than that because we were in the uh, layouts, I want to say, by like 435, uh, cool. setting everything up. So, I drove, yeah, drove two hours, uh-huh. set everything up, had a great hunt, and just tons of birds. I think it was like six or seven of us and or, or whatever, and great hunt. Stopped at a Walmart, got a uh, one of those little, uh, those little sacks. The um, little soft-sided insulated coolers. Uh huh. Put the birds in the uh, in the cooler. Put two ice cold bottles of water on top of them for installation. Checked them, and then flew back to Atlanta and dressed them the next day. Drove two hours back to the airport, <laughs> dressed, and then flew home. Checked them in the uh, and checked them along with my with my shotgun, and then came back. And then dressed on, put them in the refrigerator, dressed them the next morning. So that that was like one of those that you know I was just like, man, I'll never forget this. It, this was hilarious, and people were looking like in Walmart, and I'm standing in the uh, standing in the Walmart parking lot with these six dead ducks and trying <laughs> to put them like in this soft sided cooler, undressed, whole nine. Like I was like, I'm not, I don't have time to dress them. They didn't, nobody had bags and stuff out in the field. So it was just like, all right, I put my ducks in, I dressed them. Couldn't put ice because you can't check wet ice, and I couldn't find dry ice, so I just took two cold bottles of water, stuffed them on top. Lucky enough, they kept, and it was all good. But that Oklahoma hunt, was it, it was awesome. And it, it is all because, you know, I checked with a guy in Texas. So I was willing to drive to Texas for the day that I uh-huh. had to hunt, and the guy was just like, I talked to a few guys that I was planning on hunting with down there. And it was just like, don't, don't even bother. I don't even know if it's going to be worth it. It's been so hot and yada, yada, yada. And ended up hunting Oklahoma had the time of my life. Yeah. You know, uh, a lot of people say that a lot, like 
during the season, say it's too hot and all this other shit. But, I mean, I still go out. You know, um, me and one of the guys that I go with in East Texas, we still go out. I mean, we're not going around killing, you know, like massive limits, none of that stuff. But, I mean, we're still killing birds. And, and I'm still learning. I'll still learn a lot from him, you know. He right. teaches me as we're going. So, I'm one of those people, if you're not full of shit, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to learn from you, you know, what you teach me. So, and that's, um, that, and that's the best thing is, like, when you – if you find somebody to go with – is you just sit there and you just suck up all the knowledge. Yeah, yeah. He he teaches me a lot, you know. And uh, so there is a place that I went to last season. I mean, I, last season I didn't duck hunt as much as I wanted to. I got sick. I had a, got appendicitis, so I couldn't go out that much. Doctor's order. She said I need to stay 30 minutes to any major city. Mm. So I had to kind of kind of stick to it. So I did get out on a hunt in Mississippi, though, last year. And uh, me and some of my friends are going back. And that's an invitation for you. If you want to come out, we're going uh, in December if you want to come. Uh-huh. Um, and those guys, those guys put us in a timber hole last year. And, I mean, we had limits. We, we kill wood ducks. And in which a lot of people look at wood ducks like they're bad. But I don't I understand that. That's basically I mean, what we have here in Georgia. Nice that's what we have here in Georgia's wood ducks, but people—I mean, I don't know—they act like they, like they're killing tree rats. They kill wood ducks. I, I don't get that I mean, either. I had a blast. It was—it was a blast, and they taste amazing. So I loved it. Like I mean, we killed shit almost thirty wood ducks in like twenty-five minutes or something in a in a timber hole that they had. It was—I mean, it was awesome. And I mean, they were so. The thing about the timber is, you know, once they fall in, it's so hard for them to just fly back out right you, know? you can't just, they, they can't flare yeah, so, and just get out of there yep yep so once they drop past those trees you know it's like you if you can't i mean if you're not gonna hit one you just can't fucking shoot you know so. <laughs> well <laughs> I mean, I, you know I, and on huh i can't lie now i've got it bad two ways one because of where i was at and where i'm at now i can't shoot as much as I shoot my bow, like I can't shoot my shotgun as much as I can shoot my bow, so like I'm I'm really good. I tell people, I you catch me on a good day, I'm surgical with a bow, like I, I'm pretty good with that. Shotgun, yeah, yeah it, I've struggled. I can't lie, I, I've struggled, and it doesn't help that when I do use my shotgun a lot, I'm shooting at geese, mm-hmm. and I mean like you know you get geese basically right there in front of your face big as those are especially the ones like in illinois and stuff as big and fat those things are they're pretty hard to miss those ducks they're elusive a little bit hard to target to hit if you don't know what you're doing so i, I you know i'm not the sharpshooter so you might have to take it yeah, easy on yeah. me <laughs> now see i'm not I'm, I'm learning how to become ultra good with my with my shotgun um, i refuse to get a three and a half inch shotgun though so i only shoot three inch because i feel like i feel like you need to do it with a three inch. That's just what I tell myself. So we shot at geese last year in Mississippi as well. With uh, we used three inches to try to shoot them, and we learned our lesson. I mean, fuck, that was hard. I was like, damn, because yeah. they they didn't fly directly over us, and when they did, the guy didn't call the shot. So when he did call the shot, they were like in a weird place, and we we're trying to shoot them, and it was just like, damn. And they didn't like. I mean, we were hitting them, but they just went they went fall. So you know, I was like. So it was like a learning experience for me because that was my first goose hunt I had ever been on. So I think I'm going to go in the early season because, of course, I'm going on till on a till hunt down in South Texas with some guys, and then I'm going to go try to get on a goose hunt, probably in the Midwest somewhere or or Oklahoma. Yeah, now goose, goose in Illinois, where I where I go in Illinois, 
it, it's phenomenal. I'll tell anybody, like, you you go out there, those cornfields, and you're in a pit, and, you know, they get right there in your face. And some of the places where we hunt in Illinois, there are houses, like, really, really close by. So mm-hmm. you can't hunt with three and a half. Like, you got to use three. So I'll use, yep. like, a, a three-inch BB and usually three inch BB with a with a uh, pretty tight choke, not quite full, but pretty tight choke. And I have no problems knocking them out of the sky. Now you definitely the places where we can hunt with three and a halfs. I have used three and a halfs, and I have watched them bad boys roll out of the sky, and it, it's awesome. <laughs> there's just there's just no other way to describe it. It's awesome. I bet. That's, I mean, that's what I hear. And uh, have you ever been on sandhill crane hunt? I have not. I've heard about the sandhill cranes. I've had sandhill yep. cranes come in and ruin uh, turkey hunts, but I've heard about the sandhill cranes. That's pretty good, huh? You've done that? No, I actually haven't done it. It's a bunch of guys here in Texas. They keep trying. They keep inviting me out to come and do it, and so I think I'm going to go do it with this uh, with this outfitter out in West Texas this year. Hopefully so. Well, if you if, if you do let me let me know. Texas is one of those places. I tell people all the time. If in a different life, like you know, obviously if I don't have didn't have my kids here in Georgia, um, Texas would probably be the first place that I'd want to live. Like I I used to love it when we would go out there. Like we would go Houston, San Antonio, Dallas every year. You know, I go out there for those. And then I've done events at Texas A&M. I've done events at Texas. I've done at Rice in Houston, uh, Texas Tech, out um, in Lubbock. Like, I just, I love the state of Texas. Like, it, it's it's one of those places. I mean, there's no state taxes. There's plenty of land, just space, which I'm all about, land and space. Like, I don't like people all up on top of me. Um, but I, I absolutely love Texas. Unfortunately, my attempts to hunt Texas have always been hit by, or have always been uh, stopped by like a wall. Like I was gonna go and duck hunt, and like I said, couldn't really find anywhere mm-hmm. to go. You know, everybody was saying it was too hot, yada yada yada. I was gonna go turkey hunt uh, in hill country, then the damn coronavirus couldn't do that. So yeah. Texas, like I said, I, I am looking forward. I actually going to try to deer hunt in Texas, depending on how things pan out the rest of the year. But Texas is one of those places that I, I absolutely love. You know, me being from Alabama, after I've lived here for a while, you know, I started, I will say, waterfowl-wise, to me personally, it is a great place to be because there's just so much water here and so many people do affordable, like, duck hunts and stuff here. That's easy. But, like, deer hunting-wise, I don't hunt deer here anymore. I went once on somebody's property. They let me go out once on their property. And um, other than that, I normally just go home to Alabama and uh, go with my cousins. They have a lease, a hunting lease there. But I went on the hunting lease there two years ago, and my cousins put me in the blind. And, I mean, I'm like, man, I'm okay. I'm awake, you know, and I fell asleep. And I'm like, shit, I wish we were in the duck blind somewhere. <laughs> you know? I was like, fuck. So, you know, they, they're out there killing deers, and I'm like, maybe there was a deer walked in front of me. I just fell asleep, and I didn't even realize it. You know, so I was like, shit. So, I don't know. Like, is, is it the just 
the you know everything that it entailed with deer hunting that turned you off about deer hunting in Texas, or was there something specific about deer well, hunting know, in Texas? So, to me personally, I I like like after I went on that deer hunt a few years ago in Kansas, and I killed a big. I mean, it was the doe. She, I mean, she was huge. Killed a huge doe in Kansas, and it was just you know it wasn't even that much. You know, there's not really that much public land where you can like actually use a gun in Texas to actually hunt them. Right. A lot of land in Texas is owned by people. Right. And, you right. know, so, so it's actually a really hard place to hunt for cheap unless you're trying to go to some big game ranch or something. And I personally don't think that that's any kind of fun. Right. So, right. Like the place, you know. the, the place I've found to do the turkey hunt, you know, it, it's, um, their personal, I think it's like a cattle ranch or something like that. And then they let people hunt on it or whatever. So they got deer, they got javelina, they got, you know, obviously they got hogs, but then they have really good turkeys. They're known for their turkey hunts. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I mean, they got everything out there. But I've seen, you know, the different ranches in Texas and, you know, people, they get all, they get all in a bunch about high fences and stuff like that and all kind of stuff. But this place that I found, like I said, it it's it, everything that I've seen, like the pictures wise, and then just talking to the guys and stuff um, that actually uh, run it out there, everything seems to be great. I I can't wait to get out there. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I I was prepared to turkey hunt out there. I had you know bow dialed in. I was gonna take my bow and my shotgun just in case you know I couldn't get it done with my bow or whatever. But damn Corona, man, just messed up everything. It you know it did in some places, but some places it didn't. I mean, it, it was actually prime time for like guides because a lot of guys actually were trying to sell their hunts. You know, I, I uh, I've never turkey hunted. I went once this year for the first time ever because I'm scared of shit of snakes. So I'm like, fuck, yeah, I don't want to be around a snake. I ain't trying to sit on the ground, you know. And it's weird because I duck hunt, you know, and I love duck hunting that much that I'll sacrifice, you know, seeing a cottonmouth or two, you know, but. uh Turkey hunting, I'm just like, man, it's hot out there, rattlesnakes everywhere. But I went in Oklahoma, apparently, on, like, the coldest day in Oklahoma during turkey. It was, like, 26 degrees a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I was with someone, and, you know, we heard a gobble. But, you know, the guy I was with, he was like, hey, let's move to the other end. And then I'm, so I'm assuming a turkey came to where we were. And then, you know, we missed him. And so I was just like, man, I ain't trying to go back out when it's hot. So, you know, I'm trying to get around no rattlesnakes. It's a, it's amazing the weather in April, May in places like Kansas, Nebraska, Oklahoma. Like the, yeah. I turkey yeah. hunted in Nebraska. It may, matter, matter of fact, it was Mother's Day weekend a couple years ago is where I killed my first turkey. It was a Miriam. I killed it with a bow. Like it's till this day, I say it's the greatest thing I've ever done as a hunter. I killed a turkey with a bow, and. It was rainy and cold the entire time. Like, there was no <laughs> May, like, no warmth, nothing. Like, and I'm glad I checked the weather before I went because otherwise I would have froze. Like, I was in sweatshirts and layers the entire hunt. Uh, last year I went to Kansas in April and damn near froze. Like, literally, I'm sitting in a blind with a big black Carhartt jacket on. And if I had to draw it down, it was cold, it was windy. And the only thing that I could think of 
is that if this turkey comes, I damn sure hope it's close. Because if I got a draw with this big ass Carhartt jacket on, it's probably going to end up messing me up. But it it's amazing. <laughs> April, April, May, springtime, and I'm still like layered up in those places. Yeah, it was, that's how I was um, in Oklahoma a few weeks ago. I mean, it was luckily I checked the weather before I drove up there, and um, I think that it was going to be about. 25 degrees, 26 degrees. I mean, it was, it was freezing though, because, you know, I was just, we were just sitting on the ground, and I'm like, man, this is cold. You know, the wind was crazy. It was, it was a cold day. But, uh, but I mean, it, was, it was still a fun hunt, though, for, for me to try out turkey hunting that one time. Um, I think I'm going to try it again, of course. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I, I didn't get one, so I'm pissed. So I'm like, I got to get me a damn turkey. You know, so. <laughs> I'm going to get me one. Oh. Just got to win, and, and I'm gonna get one. I saw it. So, so basically, because I saw you, you killed a few hogs. That's got to be fun, yes. right? Yes. So I always, I always, uh, I, I always try to go hog hunt at least once a year. Sometimes I go. I don't even post pictures. I just now recently started like posting pictures of hunts because I for, I like forget to like right. post pictures or take pictures. You know, sometimes I just be out there, I just be doing it. Um. So. A few weeks, like a few months ago, when was it? Probably February, I think. I went on a, no, it was March. It was in March. I went on a, a walk and stuck hog hunt on somebody's property. And I tell you what, that was a freaking workout. Like, <laughs> I mean, we're just like walking around this. I mean, we're walking around, me and only one other person, we're walking around like 200 acres, you know, chasing these hogs and, uh, I don't, so me, to make shooting a, uh, my AR, um, a little bit more challenging. I don't. I don't put a sight on my AR, so I just use the, the iron sights. Oh wow! So I mean, was, okay. And like they were in this crazy brush area, and it was just hard trying to get a good shot, you know. And I mean, I finally, finally got a shot in. I shot this. I mean, it was a big hog, and uh, he kept going though. But you could, you know, we tried to follow his blood as long as we could. But one of the round went through him and killed a little piglet. But he just kept running, and I'm like, man. I saw the piglet. I saw that was pretty funny. I saw you <laughs> with the AR and the piglet. Because I, like, I think I even commented. Yeah. I was like, "Did you put enough holes in them?" Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it it was crazy. One round went through him and went through the big one and got to the little piglet. But uh, the big one just—I mean—he kept going. We followed the trail as long as we could. But I was just like, "Man, this is a damn workout, shit." You know, chasing <laughs> things around. So absolutely no interest of bow hunting anything. You know, I, I it probably maybe in August when my birthday comes, um, I when's may your, think and go out. When's huh? your birthday? It's in August. So wow, I, uh, August what? If you don't mind me asking, August tenth. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking about going out, possibly looking for a bow that I could start like practicing with, um, and then. I'll start, you know, using it when I go on hunts and stuff. When I go hawk, like deer hunting or something, you know, so possibly. Yeah. I'm, but I'm, this, it, it, it's, huh? I'm telling you, you're going to be hooked. I'm telling you. I'm just telling you now. If I you, keep hearing that, but. If you're not year, hooked, I'm, I'm going to be surprised. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to it, man. Because <laughs> this year, though, I've, uh, I keep setting up hunts for people, and I keep freaking forgetting. It's the worst thing. I, know. I have a bad memory, so it sucks, <laughs> but. My hunting season is gonna be—it's gonna be pretty busy. Um, I was about to say. I was about to say. It sounds it. like you got—you got a lot on your plate uh, lined up as far as hunts. I have the the opposite. Like, 
I don't get a lot of chances to hunt with people, um, hunt with, you know, other people or take advantage of, like, invites and stuff. And I feel bad because I don't want people to think that I'm, you know, skirting them or trying to big time them or anything like that. It's just, like, with our schedule, it just it doesn't allow for a lot of time for me to go out and do, you know, like the hunts that I would like to do. So I got to get in, you know, what I can and, and go from that route. And especially now with everything going on working in sports, there's no telling what the fall is going to gonna look like, you know, once everything comes back. But that's funny yeah. that you say, you know, like you forget. Like, I don't forget. I just don't have the, don't have the opportunity. Dang. Yeah, see, I for, I forget that, like, you know, people are having conversations with me right now, and they're like, you going to come out? You should come? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, I can try to, you know, and I forget. But this year, somebody told me about this secret state where they say duck hunting is actually secretly really good there. So I have to go this year. I know a guide out there that I'm going to hit him up and go out there and see and see what it's like. Uh, it's in a state that, like, nobody thinks about, and I'm just going to go try it out and see what happens. You know, that, and that's almost, you know, what is it, that's the thing to do and it's funny because uh mike you know the guy that i went with you know he's a guide out there in oklahoma and i mean it was so good like it was even better there than arkansas the last couple of years that hunt that i had there was better than the hunts that i've had in arkansas the last couple of years and i remember about mm-hmm. four or five people under uh my pictures uh, just random people on Instagram were like, shh. It's like, don't, shh. It's like, take the pictures down. Keep it to yourself. Like, don't tell everybody because now they're going to come here. So whatever your secret state is, good luck, and then fill me in on the backside. <laughs> I know the person who told me about it is like, don't tell people, but I'm telling you because I want you to come and you need to try it out. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to be trying to make it out there this year. Hopefully, yeah, well, it may be, I don't even know when. You know, I randomly, uh, I actually chose a job that I work now. So I work seven days on, seven days off so that I, I can go hunt wherever I want, you oh, know. That's so nice. That's nice. Yeah. So I told him, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll try it. I'll try to make it this year for sure. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, Oklahoma, um, so me personally, I think Texas and Oklahoma are, like, two of the best places to, like, get ducks. I mean, you can kill any kind of duck here, you know. Yeah, the variety. I've been on, I've been on yeah, I've been on hunts with guys who've, like, never killed a pintail. They've never killed teal. They've never killed diver duck. I mean, it's just so many ducks they've never killed, but they go to, like, I met these guys in, like, you know, Arkansas, and they were just like, you know, I've never, we never killed it. And I'm like, geez, I kill those, like, you kill those all the time. Like, it's normal, you know? Yeah, the teal, it's funny because I keep, I look at the teal hunts, and the teal hunts usually happen, you know, right at the time where, I like to be in the deer stand. You know, a lot of people, they early season here, especially here in Georgia, is like, I'm not going. Cause, you know, we open up like that first weekend in September in Georgia. In South Carolina, mm-hmm. deer season starts like that, uh, I want to say the second or third week of August, like the middle of August. So, you know, it's still, you know, 80, 90, whatever. And there are a lot of people that's like, I'm not fooling with the early season. Same thing that, you you know, it's hot snakes blah 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 yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. The, and for the last couple of years deer season usually i'm working on the saturday of opening day i'm working somewhere but usually that sunday i'm back home by that sunday and i am the day after opening day so i say opening weekend 
I am in a deer stand or in a blind somewhere, and yes, it is, you know, 85 degrees. Like, we go in that evening, and it's still 85 degrees, but I don't know. Deer, yeah. it, it, it's it's yeah. my deal, you know? So, I don't know. But one of these days, I'm going to have to sacrifice a weekend and sacrifice some days and try to knock down some teal, because I hear teal are tasty, too. Yes, they are. They're pretty good. Um, teal season in Texas is literally the best down in South Texas, that's the best down near, like around the Houston area, well, outside of Houston, mm-hmm. all around that outside area. It's like the best in Texas here. So I normally go with a guy down there. I got a buddy. He's a, he works for a guy, and he's just like, when do you go bring your ass down here? You know, tell you go. And I had already told him I'd be there, but then I like did something else, and so I'm like, I'm not gonna tell him, but I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna show up this year. I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be there this year for sure. Because they were on till for like. I mean, they were they were on till like it was it was crazy coming till they got every day, so uh, I'm I'm excited about that. You know, since all this Corona crap's been going around, you know, it's just it's great to just at least look forward to duck season. Right. So I'm ready for till for sure. And the thing that I appreciate, just you know, from talking to you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the thing that I that I appreciate because I see a lot of it in hunting. Whereas, you know, people love to puff, puff their chest about, you know, hunting public land and really talk down and, you know, have a lot of negative things to say about people that, you know, go on, you know, guided hunts or whatever. And for you, you just love waterfowling, love duck hunting. You don't care who it is. It's like, hey, if I can go, if I got to go with a guide, I got to go with a buddy, you know, private land, public land, lease land, whatever. It's just like, damn it, I'm getting after it. And from where I sit, I can appreciate that about you. I, I, I really appreciate that. And I think it's really cool that you're just like, I don't care what it is or how it is. As long as I can get after it, that's what I'm trying to do. I mean, here's the thing, right? If you say that you love something, You'll either spend the money to do it or spend the personal time to do it. You know, being a woman, duck hunting, I don't go out. I never go out by myself. So that's like the one thing that I, I don't do. That's like something from the military that sticks with me, you know, right. the hello buddy system. So I'm always with another person. So I do go with a guy on public land. And then a lot of times I go with guides. So at the same time, though, you also have to go where the birds are. And if these people own this property and they have birds and they keep showing live pictures from every single day of birds, I'm going to be there. I don't care what the price is, you know, unless it's atrocious, but right. I'll be there, you know? <laughs> right. Well, and that's, that's always been my thing. Like, I've told people, it's like, you know, a, and you can put whatever percentage you want on it, but a good chunk of any successful hunting is scouting. And if you don't have time to scout, then you might as well be pissing in the wind. Yes. So all... Yes you're doing is when you go on these hunts, these are folks, like you say, they, they've got birds, you know, they got the deer, they got the hogs, whatever the case is, they know where it's at. They have the time to know where it's at. And it's just like anything else in our country. If they got information and you're willing to pay for it and how much you're willing to pay for it, then they're going to give it to you. That's simple as that. Yes. Yes. And, so what I think about what's good about, you know, going on a guided hunt, like people, there's still animals when they're flying. You can't, you can't cage a man, none of that stuff. So they're still unpredictable as they are in public, on public land, you know? So that's why I still appreciate it. I went on a, uh, I went on a high fence hunt, like hog hunt once and 
that was my first time ever doing that, and that's why I don't really do that. Right. Because once I done that, that was that was different for me. I was just like, you know, I was on this gator thing, and they're like, oh, there they are, and I'm like, and we just shoot them, and they're just like <laughs> up against the fence. You're like, that's you it. Know? <laughs> I mean, you know, a lot of people do that, and I'm not judging them for it, but me personally, I just I felt weird about it, so I was just like, no. But that's why I still go on guided hunts with uh for ducks, so yes, all the time. But yeah, no, I and I get it. I mean, and at least you've done it, and you you know you've done it and able to say like, okay, hey, this ain't for me, and that's cool. I mean, some things are, you know, everything ain't for everybody. But like I said, just from where from where I sit, and just you know, following you on Instagram, and now finally getting the chance to talk to you, just like I, I can really appreciate your attitude towards it, and you know, it's just really cool to see you out there doing the stuff that you're doing. Yeah, yeah, man, I, I love it. It's like, I mean, I live for it now. You know, it's just the one thing that I look forward to every year. I waste so much ridiculous amounts of money on it. It's insane. But, I mean, I love it. So that's, it's a passion, you know? Right. No, I'm, I'm with you. Same thing with, with deer hunting. I mean, I've already started, you know, getting stuff together. And my, my thing this year is I want to try to film more deer hunts, Um, you know, coming from a TV background. And it's something that I've always been interested in. But... You know, actually going to try to take the time and the patience to uh, to actually do it. So we'll see. I, I'm not the most patient person in the world, so we'll see how long I stick with it in the season. When if it if it gets to the point where it's costing me dear, then I will probably throw the camera from the stand. Um, especially seeing how it's mine. So <laughs> we'll you yeah. know that yeah. as one of the things that you know I'm I think I'm going to try this year. But I totally understand. You know, the passion. That's what I, I'm going to miss about not living in Illinois or living in uh, Wisconsin and being close to Illinois is because when I was yeah. up there, man, I was goose hunting at least two, three times a week as long as I could, you know, had the time or, or could afford it or whatever the case was. Man, I was in a goose blind or in a pit blind somewhere in Illinois chasing geese, you know, 15 degrees, 35 degrees, whatever the weather was, three feet of snow on the ground, whatever. If we could get to a pit, I was in it. So I, I totally understand yeah, yeah. the whole, you know, the love and just putting everything you can into it. Last thing before I get you, well, two things before I get you out of here. You, I heard you say, okay. you know, you don't take a lot of pictures or you starting to take more pictures and starting to post more because you just basically you're out there doing it, which is what I always say to people when they're like, well, why don't you see da, 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 da. I'm like, cause most of the time people are just out there just doing it and not really thinking about it. Now that you've started taking more pictures and posting and stuff like that do you have any aspirations of building like your own brand or having a brand or doing stuff like doing more stuff in the outdoor industry or are you just good you know doing well, it where you are uh the guy who got me into duck hunting actually me and him talked about it and he was just like girl you're one of a kind you're out there killing them ducks and people love you you're an awesome person and he's like if you start your own you know i mean so I mean I I've thought about it but I'm just I'm just one of those people I'm just so chill you know I just I I even I tried I started my own Instagram page for duck hunting I tried it um, so I'm slowly gonna try to do it and after talking to him you know he was like eventually you know somebody would love you you could start a show you know I'm like I'm sure I could but but I mean who knows where it'll go you know I mean I I'll probably 
run a few more seasons, post more pictures and stuff, and then I'll, I'll try to do more videos and things like that. I was going to buy a GoPro this year, so I could start doing that kind of stuff. Well, I, so. I will say that, and it might be a bias, but again, after, you know, I've followed your Instagram and social media and stuff, and then finally getting a chance to talk to you, I think, you know, whatever you decide to do, you would be successful. If you put, you know, start putting more of your hunts and stuff out there, I mean, you are legit. You are a legit badass. Um, so people would just gravitate to you. I think they would love you. So I encourage, me personally, I encourage you to do it. But as I often tell people, you are grown. You do what you want. Um, (laughs) But I think you'd be great at it. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about it. We'll we'll see what happens this season, though. Who knows? Who knows where we'll be in September? Tell me about it. Well, well, before I get you out out of here, let people know where they can follow you, where they can find you, if they you know want to follow you on Instagram, whatever. Hit drop them with the four one one on where to get at you at. Okay, so I have my own uh, duck hunting page now, which is called She Fowling, and then of course I have Facebook. You know, it's it's just me. It's just my Facebook is just Raleigh me. So. If you don't like if you don't like people who aren't filtered, you probably shouldn't follow me though. But my name is Is Natalia on Facebook. You find me on there always talking shit about something. <laughs> um, and of course, I have my regular Instagram page, which is Bama Girl Country. I think that's what it is. So. <laughs> you about bad as me when I'm doing my drops at the end of the podcast. Like I butched my own. Uh, website at least I do it at least twice a month. I put four podcasts out a month. At least twice a month, I botch my own website. It, it's, it's it's bananas. We should know this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, uh, my Facebook. I did have almost five thousand followers, like uh, friends and followers on there. But I um, you know, I shortened that list down a little bit more, so it's not that many people on there. But you know, during the gut season, you know, I started letting people back in again. So. <laughs> I didn't even know about the uh, the she filing country girl from Bama trying to slay ducks. American vet. Oh no, I'm sorry. Army vet. America's fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I started that page one day at a salon. I had a friend teach me how to start another page. She was like, "Maybe you should just post your hunts on like a different Instagram." And I was just like, "Okay." That's hilarious. Well, Isma, I appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for coming by. And let's make sure we chat again soon and uh, we'll get you back on on the show. See, I told you it wasn't going to be that bad. You know, you were nervous. You're, is, you're right. You're right. Uh, hello. It wasn't. Time is my fast. I, I, I tell people, uh, I don't know much, but I know what I know. And I knew you would have a good time. So thank you for doing it. And uh, let's catch up soon. All right. Thanks for having me, man. All right. Once again, I'd like to thank Isma Tally, Tally Up for coming through and blessing us with an appearance on the Bryant Land Show. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Before I get ready to get up out of here, just want to give you a quick reminder. BryantLandCountry.com, one-stop shopping, everything Bryant Land. Our past podcasts, we got merchandise, we got videos, our link to our Patreon account, which will get you an oasis of bonus content, our Patreon account link, 
is on the website as well, bryantlandcountry.com. Make sure you go and check that out. I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. You guys stay safe out there. Keep your head up, all that other good stuff. Hope you all have a great week and come back here next week for another episode of The Bryantland Show.